Podcast Studios. This, this is After Nine with Scott and Kat. Hey now. <laughs> Hello. Hello and congratulations. Okay. On our uh, our one thousand podcast episode. Yep. There's all our listeners. All of them clapping. Pretty all, exciting all stuff. All eight of you. No, I'm kidding. Our numbers have, uh, like, to be honest, in the most um, humble way possible, you guys have really created a, a a beast in the best of ways with this podcast. It's all you. It's all you listening. Um, so thank you so much for that. We have so many incredible things planned for the podcast. So keep listening, and uh, we'll let you know more about it coming up. But you've really helped to make this, well, it's a... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. What you, I'm going to pass the mic to you. Now you talk, Scott. Go. Okay. So here's the thing with the 1,000th <laughs> episode. Marco and a few other longtime After 9 fans have, have said, oh, it's the 1,000th episode. You got to do something. And I was like right there with you. Yeah. Damn right we do. It's a daily podcast, though. So, I mean, 1,000 episodes, cool. But when we get to 2,000 episodes, nobody's going to give a shit about the 1,000th. When we get to 5,000, it'll be even less relevant, and we're well on our way. So, 1,000th episode, we're still here. They haven't canceled us yet. That's great news, but we're not going to go too crazy on the 1,000th episode other than just a quick thank you. Really appreciate you listening. Your time is great. Yeah. Uh, We have a lot to get to in this episode. Now, first and foremost, let's talk about the weekend. I don't know about you. Everywhere I went, there were crowds. It was insane. Two things are happening this year, and I think it's all because of the economy. Christmas started hella early. Most people will agree, ah, you wait till after Remembrance Day and you decorate. This year, a lot less people abided by that rule, and even more than that, waited until the day after Remembrance Day, and their house transformed into a winter wonderland. We're decorating more, and I feel like shopping more. And maybe it's just early and it'll be the same amount of shopping overall, but there was a lot of people out at the malls and the outlets yesterday. Ah, I wanted to kill myself. Okay, so one of the things I'll say to that note of decorating earlier, I think that right now there's a lot of things that people can do. There are only actually a certain number of things that people can do to make them happy. And decorating for Christmas is one of those things that makes people happy. It makes yes. me happy. I say the earlier the better. If that's what makes you happy, it's not anyone else's fucking business what day you do it on, I think. So good on you. If you decorated, you decorate whenever you want to. And on the note of the shopping, yeah, I feel that. So I was at two malls this weekend, two different malls, two separate occasions, and it was a fucking gong show, an absolute gong show. So first of all, I heard something about your Nespresso closer to your house. Oh, really? I heard it while I was waiting in line at my Nespresso in Waterloo for 35 minutes to get into the door. Really? So I made 35 minutes to get into Nespresso? Listen, I'm going to fully admit that I, it was my bad because I always order online. Always order online. And then what happened to me on Saturday? We ran out of coffee and I need my Nespresso, okay? I'm a Nespresso person. Nothing else will do or I, or I get my coffee out. That's it. It's Nespresso or coffee out. That's it. Why don't we have a coffee endorsement on this pod yet? Just side note, know. we'll work on that. Nespresso, why don't you step up? So I, I would love <laughs> for this. Nespresso. I would love it because I spend way too much money there. It's stupid. So I usually order online and I had, I, I have about to make the subscription, but I haven't done it yet. Subscription's great because it gets brought to your door every month, whatever, or whatever works for you. Fine. But I haven't set it up yet. And I keep telling myself, cat, set it up. But the problem is I do a different order every time. I like to switch it up. Anyway, whatever. So I run out of coffee is the main point. Saturday, I'm like, shit. 
I got to go get some coffee at, at Nespresso because it's going to take too long to ship here. So I'm just going to go to the Nespresso store. Yeah, I waited outside the Nespresso store and they even made a little zigzaggy line. It's already starting, guys. I'm telling you, Scott's right. It's fucking crazy at the mall if you haven't been lately. And I don't care what mall. All the malls on the weekend are insane. So shop on the weekdays if you can. I'm going to say that now. But it, because I went on a Saturday, again, this is all my bad. This is my fault. I'm stupid for not uh, for not shopping online earlier and realizing I was going to run out of coffee at this point. So I'm waiting outside. And the guy in Nespresso, God bless his heart. God bless your heart if you work at the Waterloo Nespresso. The guy's just going through the line trying to get people samples and keep them happy. Like, can I get you something while you're waiting? Gingerbread, new gingerbread blend. Would you like a new hazelnut latte? Season, seasonal, oh, seasonal. And it was good, by the way. I did. I, I had the seasonal and I bought two boxes. I, that's, I liked it. It was very good. But, but yeah, like I say, it was like 30 minutes before I got in there. But you know what happens? Because they, they create these lines in the malls and you've probably seen them before, especially around Christmas. But even at like the Apple store, for example, it's always so fucking busy there. So they have the lines outside, but there's space, right? So there's the front door of the business. They need to create space for people to walk past the store, so they create the line a little bit further over. So you really have to look to your left to see, oh, there's a line here for to get into the store. So I watched, and it was actually fun people watching, because I watched people try to go into the Nespresso store without standing in line, and I'm just sitting there going, oh, this is going to be fun. Okay, but in fairness, they don't really publish that very well, that you're not supposed to go in without an associate to take you around. I've done that, too, where oh, I just fine. walked in, and then it's like they're going to fucking tackle you. Yes, that's why I like to watch. That's what like, the, you the fun part. You can calm part. down if you work at the Nespresso store. Nobody's stealing anything. We just wanted to fucking look. It's, why don't you explain the it's rules? It's so funny. So I'm sitting there watching like two, three groups of people come in. One of them comes in. He's like, y'all try some. And he walks right to the front door with like 17 of us, like waiting in line. And I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be hilarious. So again, this guy that was outside the Nespresso store doing a very good job of giving everyone samples and keeping them occupied goes into the store and has to make that. That's so awkward for him. He has to go say, Excuse me, sir. Are you thinking of purchasing something? Well, yeah, I'm just going to test some stuff out. He's like, no problem. Grab a little test or coffee here. No problem at all. But then I'm going to need you to go wait back in that line over there. And watching everybody, one at a time, every time this happened, turn around and look at the line behind and all say the same thing. Holy shit. Every single one of them, like, oh, fuck. And the one woman that it happened to was Oh, I'm so sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. I just started laughing. I'm like, you don't need to be sorry. I it's this is ridiculous. Nobody, nobody should have to do this, but we're all doing it. And like, what can you do? It's but stupid. I, and there's no other store that does it. Wait outside until we come and get you to take you and walk you around. It's a crazy business model. I don't understand why there's not a sign that advertises, yeah. please don't come into the store. I think there are a lot of questions though. When it comes to Nespresso, people were asking questions like crazy. A million questions. Like what? It's coffee. If you've never done it before, though, you don't understand. There's a, there's a Virtuo next, and then there's the small ones, and, and where do I get this, and how much is that? And there's a, there was also a Black Friday deal, so that's why there were so many people. But in general, I th the, they like that one-on-one. -on -one. That's, that's their model. It's bougie, okay? And that's the fucking way they like it. George Clooney, bougie, bullshit. But I, but people buy into it. We but buy into it. But it's not that bougie. It's just some guy who works probably another job at like McDonald's or something during the day. Yeah. I, they just don't want you touching all their boxes and moving shit around because everything looks so pretty in there too, right? Like everything looks fucking pristine in there. You know what I don't understand about the Nespresso store? And we weren't going to have a conversation about Nespresso. Here we are, it's though. just we clearly both shop there. I don't understand why they sell packages of this and packages of that. If you get a brand new machine, you have access to a sampler, but you can't just buy a sampler yeah. for some reason. It's dumb. I don't understand why if they sell coffee, 
in packages of, say, 30. And they've got all those loose pods. Why can't I just create my own box with 30 pods that I want? And I want maybe 10 decaf, and I want, like, five hazelnut and five gingerbread, and I want, like, five of this and five of that. I don't understand why I can't do that, but they make it impossible. There's almost no point in even going to the store. It's too easy online. I wonder if the lint, have you ever been to a lint store? Yes, I have. I, I almost amazing. wonder if the lint store model would work well for an espresso or if that would tie up the line even more. Because if, if you haven't been to a lint store, what they do is they put all their chocolates and there's a bunch of different kinds. It's like right in the center of the store and you get a bag and you fill it. But there's a minimum though. And, and to be fair, fine. As a business, if you want to make it a minimum, I'm fine with that. You want to make sure that we walk out with at least 20 pods, 20 chocolates, fine. But you can mix and match there. I can take two caramel, two this, two that, whatever, and make a bag as long as I'm making a bag of 30. I don't know why they don't do it that way. I guess they like the way that they do shit. Uh, but nonetheless, the reason why or I brought because it, no one's given them that brilliant idea until now. Okay, you're welcome, Nespresso. Then please f- just Scott and Cap. sponsor the goddamn pod then. We don't even need that. Just send us money. We don't even need to give you the advertising. <laughs> just send us money. Just, just fucking do just it. Just send us money when you make that deal. Or coffee. But apparently the Burlington one's bigger was what I was trying to get to. Because I ended up in conversations with people while I was sitting in line. And the one guy's like, man, the Burlington one's so much better. And I'm like, hang on, hold up. Get over here. Keep talking. What do you mean the Burlington one's better? It's just bigger. It's yeah. way bigger. Uh-huh. Like, if you haven't been to the Waterloo one, there's two registers. Oh. That's it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, small, tiny, I, tiny. So anyway, he was like, I'll fucking drive to Burlington next time. Fuck this horse shit. He was madder than that. He was mad. He, the only one that was actually mad, because the rest of us are like, we're waiting in line for coffee because it's our own fucking faults. Like, we don't need to be here, but we're doing it because we want coffee. That's it. Some people just want the free sample. Yes. Some people are crazy cheap like that. Sure. By the way, why though? It's such an awkward look when you go in there and you're like, I'll taste it. Oh, bye. I don't even have an espresso. Bye. Like what a weird look. That's a weird look. People do that at Costco and all sorts oh, of shit. That I stuff get. they would never yeah. buy and stuff they're not even interested in. Don't even like, but it's free. So they want it. But Costco, you buy a membership for. So I feel like you're fucking paying the price anyway. You go into Costco and you get all the samples. Nespresso, if you're not buying anything at all, like well, it's a little shitty sample cup. Don't, don't bother. Don't bother with it. Wait for the free coffee week at McDonald's or whatever the hell they have and do that. I don't understand it. But it was crazy everywhere. There were lineups. I went into Winners and went right back out. I was like, I, I, have, I had a mission too. I knew exactly what I was getting. I'm like, I'm going in and getting it. I look at the line. I was like, what the fuck? Is this December 24th? Like, why is this line so insane? Parking was a shit show. Everywhere was a shit show. Surprisingly, even though uh, the movies at the theaters did quite well, there wasn't even that many people at the movie theater. I went a little early on Saturday, but I, I was like, what the hell? There's people everywhere. It was insanity, Scott. Yeah, I, I think just because of the situation so many people find themselves in, many are decorating because it makes them feel good. And in a lot of cases, they already have the decorations, So it's an easy, inexpensive thing to do. Great, go for it. Then we've got a divide in society right now. We've got those that have got mortgages that have gone through the roof or Mm -hmm. rent that's gone through the roof. So many people are broke. But then you've got a lot of other people that are living at home or they've they've just given up on trying to find a home or whatever, and and they seem to have a little more disposable income. So I think it creates the the perception that it's like an old Christmas from like pre-pandemic. Yeah, it's great. It felt like it. It did, yeah. And what I'm trying to figure out is 
is the if, is it going to be like this right through till Christmas? Thirty five more days, or are people just out there early to try and do something normal that feels good that they can afford or, or, and get the deals while they can too? I mean, we all know it's it's Black Friday on Friday, but it's, you know it's Black Friday month. And then it turns into the next Black Friday month. So there's always deals. I felt like I noticed people shopping for deals. Everywhere there was a Black Friday deal, that's where you had like lineups everywhere. Mine is Winners because it's fucking always busy there. Home Sense and Winners locations. Like, don't you find? Like, they're all they're always busy. I don't know why they don't serve drinks. They should. They should. It's a busy enough store. <laughs> they could. Okay. They could do the Nespresso sampling in that store. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind that. It'd be much more Win- convenient if they sold Nespresso at Winners. See. <laughs> And listen, one last note on the coffee thing. The seasonal blend at the Nespresso seasonal blend, good. Again, they're not paying us for this. They should. But it's actually really fucking good. Reminds me of Starbucks. Maybe I like it a little bit more. I can't tell. But they're both very good. Interesting. Okay, good. Uh, Great summary on the weekend there. Now we're almost out of time. So thank you, everyone. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Coming up at the end of this episode, though, we are going to do the replay of today's missed connections at the end of the episode. Uh, Montreal Alouettes, Grey Cup champions. They were an unlikely winner. They were heavy underdogs in this game. They threw a 19-yard touchdown pass with 15 seconds left, rallied from behind, and won it 28-24. to Games like that are the reason people still watch. That's cool. I, I saw a lot of people very happy with the Grey Cup game. And that's all I really go by is the people who watch it religiously. If you're happy with the game, great. It was. It seemed like a really good game to be. Uh, you can tell that I'm not a big football fan. But I. I but nonetheless, very cool. I Carrie Underwood was apparently like the sweetest as usual. Um, all our radio friends that got to go meet her and hang out with her. Very cool. Um, yeah, all in all, I think it seemed like a really good weekend. Like a success. Uh, I didn't talk about why I wasn't here on Friday. Oh, do yeah. Do you care to address that? Yeah, I think you sure. should. I can. It's cool. Uh, I think it's it's cool. My dad is also in radio, and and he's not retiring, as he will very, very <laughs> loudly tell anybody who will no, listen. No, no, no. I'm not retiring. But he did do his final ever radio show on Friday. And I uh, I decided, you know what? I'm going to leave work a little bit early on Friday so that I can get to his radio station and watch him do his last break. And I thought that that would be special for him if I was there to see him do it. And I went. And, and was it special for him? Um. Well, it was a competitor, so they wouldn't even let me in the studio. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, what do you think? Oh, I'm going to fucking on. steal something? Like, what are you going to like take over the microphone and be like, nah, fuck, fuck, shit, shit, fuck. <laughs> like, you're not going to do that. I know. I know. And I think they know that too. They know but, that. You know, but I get, you know what? They invited you to come though, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, that's cool. Yes, it was very good. They're great people. They really are. And so congrats to my dad on his, uh, it was an almost 30 years on the radio. Inc- you know, it's like, un- I think it's, at some point it's going to be unheard of to be doing what he did and what he loves to do. I think that's pretty incredible too. Now he also does a morning radio show. So how do you think he's going to do not waking up at the quarter of fucking dumb? Not well. No. In fact, it used to be like an ongoing joke. I drive to work in the middle of the night and through some back roads. It's not great. Like I'm just one rogue deer away from antlers up my ass. So I got to be careful. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, if I ever get into trouble, there's only two people in the world that I know will answer the phone if I call at 4 a.m. Cat Callahan (laughs) and my dad. 
and now it's, it's just that. It's just me, baby. <laughs> so if the phone rings at four, <laughs> I know you better answer that one. But no, it was um, it was nice that I got to be able to be there for his final break. Yeah, I, I think I, that's nice. When you do what we do, and and you wake up every day thinking about how you're going to put on a good show that day, it's real easy to get very involved with the audience and and with the task at hand. And when that comes to an end, it's just over. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel for him that no doubt he is probably struggling today. And he probably was up at four o'clock in the morning. I'm wondering how long it took Maybe. him before he realized I can go back to bed. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? He might, he might find that nice and might get used to it eventually. Right. Anyone who, well, can we call it a semi-retirement or does not, he not even like to use the word retirement? He doesn't like to use the word retirement. Cause that would mean he'd have to acknowledge that he is getting older. Uh, one thing I would say about that though, is he is staying in, in the business. He's just going to be more on the management corporate side. Oh, very cool. Okay. And he's so good at that too, by the way. He's so good. He's such a talent. Like he's such a talent on the mic and also just running, running shit where he is. So congrats, congrats to your dad. Are we allowed to at least? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Congrats to your dad. He's a good guy. So that's why there was no episode on Friday. We're going to run through a whole bunch of things happening today and, and we're going to have a little fun towards the end. Like I said, with missed connections, Kat, a woman from Ohio has been charged with child endangerment after her two-year-old son pulled her handgun out of her purse and fired it in a Walmart store in Ohio last week. That is a very American story. Isn't it? Waverly police officers say the bullet actually went into the ceiling at Walmart. The child had a minor injury after the gun hit his forehead. Kickback? Recoil, yep. The toddler is now in the care of a guardian while mm-hmm. the mom is in custody. Oh my goodness gracious. You know what I'm trying to figure out here is Americans in a lot of states, and I'm not sure about Ohio, but they have the ability to carry a concealed weapon. I mean, there's nothing to stop them from doing it. Seems like that's what mom did here. Maybe she had a very good reason for having a handgun, not the least of which personal security because the whole world seems to be going crazy right now. Little one got into the purse, grabbed the gun when she wasn't looking, fired a shot in the air. Thank God it wasn't any worse than that. It could have been, though. It could have been. It could have been. I know it could have been. It's just I'm trying to figure out what mom did wrong here other than take her eyes off her kid for two minutes. Well, I mean, I don't don't come from the same world as this woman. Like, you know what I mean? So my my perspective is going to be completely different. And and I completely disagree with anyone who thinks she did nothing wrong. If you have a little child, you have a gun in your purse. Why did you need to bring a purse gun into your purse into Walmart? Why aren't you locking that up safely? It's one thing for sure. If you feel the need to own that gun, you have a right to do it. But why can't you keep it safe? And why do you need to take it with you everywhere? I, I don't I don't see that being safe for a child in any way, shape or form. So I completely think this should be this is punishable in my mind, in my world, in my mind, because I can't fathom it. I can't understand it. Yeah, she will have to be punished. No doubt. I'm just I'm, I'm wondering what she could have done differently. I mean, in the States, because it's fucking scary. They have mass shootings all the time. And and the, I would feel more secure myself if I was packing. Well, I mean, I could take basic, basic common sense type uh, precautions, like put a trigger lock on. The only problem with the trigger lock is if shit goes down and you actually need to use that nine millimeter that you're carrying... Then you got to find the key. Yeah, then you got to unlock the lock. And- what is this? The wild, wild west. You need to like quickly shoot real fast. Like even if some shit went down in Walmart. Okay. Let's, let's live in this world woman's fantasy of this shit happening to her. Let's say some shit went down in Walmart. You can't like they have lock boxes. Do they not? 
Like they have gun transportable oh. small lock boxes you can put the gun in. Absolutely. That locks. Yep. There's no fucking excuse then to me. There's no excuse to have your gun loosey goosey near a child and and that close to a child. She could have got shot. He could have got shot. He or she. What? Sorry, it was a boy, right? It was a boy. Anyone could have got her. Anyone in that store could have got shot and killed. Like, I, I, I can't understand it. I think it's wrong. And at the least, you should have a lockbox if you want to feel like you need to bring it into your purse. Do they have signs at the Walmarts there, by the way, or any store that's like, don't bring your fucking gun in here? A lot of them do. Yeah, they should. So they should. But it should, I bet she didn't abide by that rule either. Um, they also have trigger locks and it's real simple. It just goes through the trigger and you just can't, it, it covers up. So you can't like pull the trigger real easy to use. They're secure that at the absolute minimum, she should probably be Even using. And why do you got to bring that with you to Walmart? Like, come on, you're well, running I, errands. You're not in the fucking gang movie. Get out of here. All right. Fair. Uh, speaking of which a new alternate theory about home alone. It's been an ongoing joke for years. People wondering, how the hell did the McAllisters afford a trip to Paris for like 10 people for Christmas and afford that big, beautiful home? It's a good question, too. I mean, you didn't think about it as a kid watching the movie. I never did. I didn't think about that stuff. I just went along with the story. But it's a great question. But once you got your first mortgage, didn't you start to think, (laughs) how the fuck does he afford that place? First mortgage and first job. You went, wait a minute. (laughs) This isn't mathing. (laughs) The theory that's going around right now, and people are kind of leaning into it, is that it's Kevin McAllister, right? No, Kevin is the kid. Kevin's the kid. The dad was actually a high-level mob boss. Oh. And and the two people trying to rob him are from a rival crew, and this was going to be some sort of a retribution. Part of the reason they suggest that this is likely is because no statement given to the police, didn't even talk to the police, and they say, like a G, because when you're a mob boss, you know. You don't talk to the cops. Mm -hmm. And there's many, many other things in there that would lead somebody to believe that maybe he's a highly connected individual with organized crime. Okay, so I like I don't hate this theory. There's some holes in it, though. There's some holes in it. So apparently I didn't I didn't remember this part of the movie, but apparently at one part in the movie, they basically confirmed that the uncle paid the trip for everybody. That's right. Yes. But that said. But that gets in the way of a great mob story. Sure, it does. It does get in the way of it. But what does his dad do is still the question. And I don't know if he's got mob vibes to me, Scott. He doesn't he just seem like it. Oh, he seems like a sweet man. Like, aside from the fact that he's, all of them were pretty big dicks to Kevin McAllister. Like, Kevin McAllister got treated like absolute shit. Kevin's a little fucker, though. Well, I mean, what did he do that made him that much of a fucker when they were all yelling at him, calling him a little jerk? He spilled milk? My fucking kid spills all the time. I don't see. Yeah, look what you did, you little jerk. Well, they didn't call him a jerk because he spilled the milk. This was just an ongoing thing in a series of Kevin being an asshole. What was he being? What was he doing? How was he He was a little shit. Look at the kid. What did he do? I don't know what happened beforehand. He just gives off little shit vibes. See? Uh You wouldn't babysit it. If somebody said, hey, I need you to babysit my little kid. His name is Kevin McAllister. Hell no. There aren't a lot of eight-year-old kid boys I would babysit, though, to be fair. Um, yeah, I mean, sure, he did boy things. That's what they do. Like, that's what they're there for. So they treated him like absolute shit garbage. So that was the first thing. And his, his dad, though, all in all, seemed like a sweet... Peter McAllister was his name, by the way. Peter McAllister, by all means, seemed like a sweet guy. I don't know if he's mob-worthy, but Kevin? he If this was real life, if Home Alone was a real story, that guy, Kevin McAllister, grew into the mob. He's the mob guy. He... Ended up in the mob. I have no doubt because he was a badass in that way. Didn't talk to the cops. Was like, fuck you. Played movies to make it seem like he was shooting them up. He, he thought of all the things. He's pretty brilliant. 
Okay, so we can't write off this theory completely. But what his dad did, the best one I've heard is just simple as this. A lawyer. Oh. He a probably lawyer. was a lawyer. He probably was a yeah. lawyer. He looks like a lawyer. Yeah. Lawyers say- do quite well. I can <laughs> tell you that uh, first Yeah, time. and not in a bad way. He just seemed like a lawyer. I think I bought my lawyer a pool, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, yeah. very, very exciting. <laughs> Uh, Bumble has released some dating predictions for trends in 2024. Bumble, obviously an authority on the topic of dating. They know what they're talking about. One of the most intriguing predictions they have for next year is a rise in cross-generational relationships. 63% of Bumble users say age is no longer important to them when dating. Interesting. And it's not just the classic older guy dates a younger woman. 60% of single women. It's actually 59. 59% of single women say they're now more open to the idea of dating someone younger than them. And 35% of women say they've become less judgmental towards age gap relationships over the last year. What happened in the last year that so many women are thinking, I could date a much younger guy Mm. that so many young guys are going for what used to be known as cougar status, looking for older Mm -hmm. women. And it seems to be women or in particular. I'm curious if the economy has anything to do with that. You're fucking right. It has everything to to do do with with it. it. Yep. Comfort, stability, uh, someone who's a little more financially well off or established. These are all things that come into play. So if anyone ever tells you that relationships should have nothing to do with money or don't have anything to do with money, you could tell them that's probably not the case. Because when money's tough to come by, or it's hard for you to, you know, to there's people with student loans still and shit. I mean, I think, I'm going to I know people like that. Like, I know people who are thinking like, ah, oh, maybe I should find someone who just has money because I'm in some debt. And that's always been a reality, but it's just more blatantly obvious than ever before now. Okay, but think of it this way, because I I think that when you say that, and I did too, you instantly start thinking gold digger. Yeah. Not necessarily. Relationships have to make sense on a lot of things. You've got to be compatible in a lot of different ways, whether it's your sleep schedule or sex or whatever, you Mm want to be compatible with that other person. Yeah. Now, if that other person happens to have something else that you're craving, maybe a little bit of maturity, a little bit of stability, maybe a little bit of financial independence, then that checks a big box for you. Do you bring any of that to the relationship? Maybe, maybe not. You have to have something that appeals to them, whether it's youth, stamina, good looks. Maybe you're just some some old lady's eye candy. I don't know. I don't know. But it works out for everybody if you find the right circumstance. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying it's a formal arrangement. But sometimes it does work out. It seems I, like it, though, in some cases. Like, maybe you don't want to call it an arrangement, but it kind of is without saying it, though. So the taboo used to be, oh, older guy dating a younger woman. It's a tale as old as time. Leonardo DiCaprio-esque vibes coming off here. Now it's the other way around. And only just in the last year have women become far more open to dating a much younger man. Hmm. So for guys, half your age plus seven. That's That used to be the math. I mean, maybe it still is. Would it be the same for women? Kat, could a 45-year-old woman, let's do 46 because my math isn't all that good on the fly. <laughs> let's make it even. Could a 46-year-old woman date a 30-year-old guy? Because I don't see a problem with it. I mean, 
No, I don't see a problem with that re- relationship-wise um, as long as they're on the same page. Like, I mean, you mentioned all those things that put you on the same page as a person, right? You're going to get judged, though. You both have to also understand that. There's going to be judgment. You have to be willing to live. And maybe that means your own family, by the way. Like, your family may judge you. You have to be able to look past all that and do it together as a team, A. B, you have to know that there's probably an understanding between you. There's a reason why you're with that younger person. And it, don't just say it's just love. Because it doesn't always just have to be love. Maybe it is that stability. Yeah. And maybe that's okay with you. Maybe you're fine as that 46-year-old woman saying, yeah, I do have money. Yeah, I am. St- I do have stability. Yeah, I can help him out. And in turn, he's he's my com- he's a companion. He's uh, whatever. But I don't see as... And you never see as many older women with younger guys. But I mean, if Bumble's correct For here... Now. That's the thing is if Bumble's correct here, this could be... I hate to use the word trend in relationships. It grosses me out. But it could kind of be something that people are more open to. I'll say that much. So let's say you're a 25-year-old guy, even halfway to decent looking, and you've probably accumulated yourself in and around fifteen dollars to $40,000 in student debt. Let's say you set your eyes on the cougar. You're going for the older lady. You're on Bumble, even trying to find the older lady. She's got a TFSA. <laughs> and you start dating the older lady. Maybe she's got a place. Maybe she doesn't. Maybe she's got kids. Maybe she doesn't. Whatever. If part of your goal in all of this is some financial independence and stability, at what point do you bring up to your new motherly-like girlfriend, I got a pretty big student loan here. and You're pretty well off. Do you think you can help me out here and then we can move on with no debt? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, money is important in a relationship to talk about, regardless of what your age is. Money is important to talk about, I think, because you should never catch anyone off guard after six months in being like, by the way, I owe $100,000. Yay. See you at the next date. (laughs) I think it should be talked about. You're welcome for the (laughs) orgasm, though. Early, but not too early. Like, there is such a thing as too early to talk about stuff like that. But what if she's asking? Let's say, let's put us, keep bringing us back to this older woman scenario. What if she's asking, like, so, oh, you went to school. Wow, that's a lot of money. Like, what if she's leaning into it? Then you can give up all the info, right? As yeah. that 25-year-old, like, yep, to be honest with you, I've got a lot of debt, and I'm not sure when I'm going to be able to pay it off. So then maybe, ah, the, the wheels start turning there. Could this also work just for housing? Maybe it's not necessarily a money thing. Maybe you don't need this, this uh, older woman here to pay off your student loans. Maybe you just want a place to live. And when rent is $2,100 a month on average for a one bedroom, and they go up to what, $2,800 in Vancouver, $2,600 in Toronto. Yeah. She's got her own place. Hmm. I can just shack up with her. That'll be great. After a year or so, I own part of it, technically. That might check a few boxes as well. Actually, for women, too. I mean, this isn't just a younger guy thing. I imagine there'd be some younger women looking for the older folks who are a little more established. Absolutely. There's people who flat out offer it as part of a deal to be with them. I think we all know those people <laughs> or we've heard of them at least. Seeking arrangement? Yeah. Those like, ones? Uh, you know, I'd, I'd say sugar daddy. I suppose I could put it that way, but especially with older gentlemen, they're more than happy to, to do it. There's a whole, the escort business, I'll say escort over the next level of prostitution because there's a difference, but easy. The es- well, it's true, but the escort business is, it has a lot of money in, in, in it. There's a lot of money in the, in the, there's a lot of money changing hands and other parts in the escort business. There is. And, and sometimes it works for both parties. They're like, yep, sure. I'm hanging out with you. I'm with you. 
And in turn, I get this and that and that. If that's how you want to live your life, fine. I try not to judge that as long as everyone's consensual and everything's fine. I can't, I can't understand it personally. Do you think that's prostitution? Well, what do you mean? So are if, they fucking like that's yeah, what I mean? They're yes. having sex, and and she's like a or he is like a sugar mommy or a sugar daddy, and they sure they take care of you financially, and then you have shit that you've got to do too. Yes, that's prostitution. I think in a way, yes, absolutely, because you're 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 talking about your expectations of sex that's the difference. It's one thing, I suppose, if you're in a relationship and they're just gifting you things and you're like, you know what? I'm going to give you a blowjob. Like, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about my expectation is you fucking do it and you do this and you do that. That's prostitution. Even in a relationship though, like even if it's pretty obvious, okay, we've got an arrangement here. I make sure that they've got a smile on their face when they go to bed. They make sure my bills are paid. I don't know that I necessarily see that as prostitution per se, I do think it's uh, it's an arrangement that's working equally for both people. Okay, I guess it's different in a marriage if that's what you're talking about. No, even just dating. Hey, if I come to you and say, know. "Hey, listen, I don't know," you, you got what, oh, you had a big visa bill last month, eh? Tell you what, I'll take care of that. You take care of me. Yeah, that's that. That's a little different. Fucking gross. <laughs> that's fucking gross. That's a little different, but but just sadly, a, people are doing it. I have no doubt in my mind that, especially right now, people are. Doing that, Scott. A little bit more from uh, Bumble and their predictions for 2024. They predict dating based on values, including politics and social causes, is going to increase. Appreciating partners for who they are, as opposed to looking at people who are bettering themselves. Okay, fine. We'll do the first part of this. Basically, what they're saying here is, if I'm a a left-wing extremist who's out there uh, trying to blow up pipelines and shit like that. I should probably be looking for someone else who would also be interested in blowing up a pipeline uh, yeah. and, and being a crazy person. <laughs> it's a beautiful love story. <laughs> it's a beautiful love story. M- maybe you're the kind of person who thinks that by paying higher taxes, you can change the weather. I would go and want to find somebody else who also believes in that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. If you're a... a Trump or bust in 2024 kind of person, you might be more inclined to look for someone who also likes Trump. In other words, in a relationship, you'd be less tolerant of someone who has different values than you. And that's no different than the rest of society. People have lost friends. Yeah. Certainly social media has been gutted by it, just having different points of view. It's true, isn't it? It's true. I mean, I think even on a friendship level, you're absolutely right. I've I've seen people who I, I don't know, maybe even just casually friends with, more acquaintances that I'm like, okay, well, I think you've gone off the deep end. I'm not interested anymore. <laughs> in a relationship, I mean, it does take two. I think I would say like-minded. You don't have to love everything they love. In fact, nah, you don't definitely, definitely no need to force yourself to like what they like. Let them have their own thing. You have your own thing. But like-minded in, in a lot of ways, I think is, me personally, I think is important. They also say there will be a focus on dating someone who's in tune with their mental health, like going to therapy together and prioritizing people who value self-care. Okay, so girlfriend and I, we are, we both try and put an emphasis on self-care. The problem is we're both professional, busy fucking people that don't have time to run for a massage and physio and, and, uh, uh, what is the one where they stick Whatever the needles else? in you? What, acupuncture. What? Acupuncture. Yeah. All the, the counseling and this and that. We don't have time to do that shit. Now, we both prioritize as much as possible our own and each other's mental health. But I don't know. The thought that somebody wants to get into a relationship with someone just because it's someone to take with them when they go for their 
their self-care sessions and their therapy? It seems weird. I also don't know why you'd want to bring your partner it's, into your therapy session anyway. By the way, that's not self-care anymore, though, isn't it? You're, pr- you're pretty... Um, it's, it's almost like you need someone else. Like it's you need you're codependent. Some, you're codependent. It's almost the opposite of what you want. Self care is that bold underline self care. You should be doing that for yourself. And, and and it doesn't always mean by yourself. It doesn't always mean by yourself. No, like for you, self care might be um, going for a nice long trail walk, and you do that every day. Nice bringing, bubble bath. But nice bubble bath. Bringing your partner into that, nothing wrong with it. But just doing it and, and and making sure that that person's there, that's not really self-care anymore, is it? I don't think so. It doesn't mm-hmm. sound that way to me. But anyway, uh, that's one of the things that people are looking for. Uh, no doubt of England here. Another story about somebody who returned a library book after like 50 fucking years. <laughs> and, and it's always the same story. Libraries, for some reason, maybe they're just trying to remain relevant in 2023. They keep putting out these stories like, oh, this is amazing. In this case, it was a woman in England who just returned a library book 45 years after she checked it out. And it was her that checked it out? It wasn't like a dead grandma? Because that's a lot of stories we hear too, right? They find it in a pile like, oh, shit. (laughs) Tolkien's World by Randall Helms returned to the Blackpool Library branch after borrowing it in 1976. They say this could be our longest overdue book to be returned to the library. How much is the how much is the fine on that one? Well, this is the thing. They don't charge you the fine. They won't charge you. They're just happy to have the book back. Well, how about on behalf of all the people who are involuntarily funding these fucking buildings, how about you start charging outrageous fines? How about no more of this? Oh, it's a happy story. They've been completely incompetent for 45 <laughs> years and finally got their shit together. How about you borrowed something? We let you borrow it for free. The only thing you had to do was bring it back when you were done, and it took you 45 fucking years to do it. How about <laughs> you get a massive fine or jail time if you don't pay it? We should just behead her. Maybe we should. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Who cares? No, but I mean. Who cares? Nobody cares. Nobody cares about that book. The book's worth what? In the 70s, it was probably worth 45 cents. Like, who really gives a shit? But you're right. They want to put that out there so that it brings attention. And they're probably going to put that book in the middle of the library and put a case around it. Be like, look, the oldest, the oldest overdue book we ever had. And maybe some people think it's neat. And that's about it. That's fine. Tomorrow, StatsCan is going to release the October inflation numbers. A bit of good news. Most economists think inflation dropped a bit. You dipshits. Yes, of course it dropped a bit. Everybody's broke. Of course it dropped. Nobody has any fucking money. Man, I, I want to start taking bets on when we think the interest rate's going to go down, but I don't want to get excited about it at the same time. Okay, so I hear a lot from people, April. April's the big yes. one. It's going to be April. Yeah. April's going to be the big one. The second most common one I hear is July. In July, the interest rates are going to start to come down. The problem is I usually only hear that shit from economists and bankers. So in a lot of cases, these low-level yeah. bankers, the ones that just give you money at the till and stuff like that, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They're they're a teller as opposed to up in the ivory towers for a reason. Nobody gives yeah. a shit what they think. Yeah. At the banks anyway. And then you get these economists who have all got their own agenda. They all want things to go a certain way because they're making money off of it. Every economist who's willing interest rates to keep going up or happy that they are where they are is profiting off of this. It's gross. So I happen to think that the damage is done and very soon we're going to start to see it. 
I'm thinking maybe February. Yeah, the, might be our first cut. I heard a prediction, and I cannot tell you who it was, but someone who is uh, who knows a little bit of what they're talking about was saying the same thing early in the year, January, maybe even January, which I think that's too soon, but February. I think February as well, and I think the first cut is going to be meaningful. Not huge, but meaningful. Maybe even a half-point cut. Even that, though. Imagine what that'll do to the real estate market. Even that half-point's like hope for a lot of people. Well, this is the thing, and this is where... I have no faith in Tiff Macklem to do the right thing. He is a a left-wing extremist. He's an ideologist, and he's really not a very good banker. I mean, he's still the first Canadian Bank of Canada governor to lose money running a bank. That's crazy to me. But anyway, I think that he is not going to handle this right. I think they get two chances to lower interest rates. The first time they lower interest rates... The housing market is going to go batshit crazy. Get ready. If you're getting ready to sell your house, have that listing ready and, and press send the day they cut interest rates because you watch how quickly yeah. things are going to start moving. So I think that right now everybody agrees this 5% is too high. They also think that what we were at was way too low. So we're probably going to land somewhere in the middle with about a 2 to 3 in the 2 to 3% range. Cut it in two. Go down a point and a half and then go down a half point. Because every time you drop interest rates more, you're going to send the housing market more and more and more squirrely. And for people trying to get into the market, prices are going to go through the roof. If you own a home that you are thinking of selling, do not compromise. You set an outrageous asking price and just wait. Someone will come along and pay it because there's that many people waiting to get into the housing market. They're just waiting for interest rates to show that they've peaked. And right now, the Bank of Canada keeps threatening, well, we might raise them higher. They're not going to. If you can wait till about February, March, April, and those rates start to drop, the first cut is going to be great. The second cut, or whichever is the bigger of the two, is going to send housing prices into the stratosphere. So that's why if they, do, if they cut quarter point, half point, quarter point, half point, if they take as long to lower them as they did to raise them, it is going to be chaos and anarchy in the housing market. And these are two, the spring market is looking like it's going to be nuts. The spring 2024 market, I think. I mean, we'll go back and listen to this podcast. Let's remember this and then and let's see what our prediction ends up being come like end of April. It's funny because there's some people who are kind of like the podcast cops that remember different things that we've predicted on the pod and they're actually very good at circling back and reminding us, oh yeah, you were right. Oh, hey, remember during the, the pandemic when you guys said when this is over, crime is going to go through the roof? Yeah, you guys were absolutely right. Yeah. All these things are very predictable. It's just you won't get that narrative from the mainstream media or or from any of our leaders. Uh, we'll leave it at that and see how the interest rate announcement goes. Uh, tomorrow's just the inflation numbers, but that'll determine whether or not interest rates go up again. God, I hope they do not. Anything else you want to get to here in this um, episode? Because we didn't even touch half I the know. stuff we had. You teased the Diddy thing a oh, lot today. Diddy, so I think yes. we have to talk about it. Okay, so. <clears throat> real, you tell the story. Real quick. Uh, Sean Diddy Combs being sued by his ex-girlfriend, Cassie. Everyone knows Cassie, right? Me and you. Yeah. Anyway, gorgeous woman. They dated for like, five, I think it was, was it five years. Um, now suing him, accusing him of rape and repeated physical abuse for more than a decade. Now, they've known each other for that long and they dated for at least five, maybe more, maybe eight years. Anyway, nonetheless, now she's speaking up. They broke up back in like 2015, 16, something like that. I don't have it in front of me, but in, in the teens somewhere. Yeah. Think I want to make a move now. Baby, tell me how you like it. Great song. She Such had a couple a good, good She had a couple too. good songs. Remember this one? That's Cassie. One of the things that I did not know about Cassie until this lawsuit 
thing came out last week is that when they were dating, she was 19 and he was 37. Yeah. Yikes. Little bit of a difference. That is a big difference. 19 to 37. So they went in and they had this relationship and then it ended for whatever reason. And now she's decided to go after him. We didn't hear a thing, right? So when they ended, we didn't really hear a thing. And it's not like Cassie was making a lot of music or maybe she was making music, but it wasn't, it wasn't mainstream. Let's just put it that way. If she was. So her, her lawsuit, it was, some of the stuff was pretty insane. Like her accusations. So abuse, yes. Physical, um, sexual assault, also accusing him of passing her on to his friends. Basically, oh, you want her? Yeah, you can have her for the night. Like that kind of shit. Um, Just gross shit that she accuses him of, okay? So she filed this, and we learned about it on Thursday. That's when the filing came in. Real quickly, though, guys, real fucking quickly, they settled. They settled on Friday night. So let me read you the uh, what Cassie had to say um, after she filed the suit. So this is on Thursday. After years in silence and darkness, I'm finally ready to tell my story and to speak up on behalf of myself and for the benefit of other women who face violence and abuse in their relationships. Diddy's lawyer had this to say. Mr. Combs denies these offensive and outrageous allegations for the past six months. He's been subjected to her persistent demand of $30 million under the threat of writing a damaging book about their relationship, which was unequivocally rejected as blatant blackmail. Despite withdrawing her initial threat, she's now resorted to filing a lawsuit riddled with baseless and outrageous lies, uh, aiming to tarnish Mr. Combs' reputation and seeking a payday. Uh I also want to add real quickly, though, there is another ex of Diddy's who came forward to say she was also abused. Now, I don't know if she's out for a payday or she's telling the truth. They dated in 2019. Look that up if you want to. It's just a woman that says she was physically abused and he punched her in the in the side of the head, et cetera, et cetera. So it was more of uh, physical violence. They settled on Friday night. So again, real quick, this came down Thursday. They settled Friday night. Mm-hmm. How much money she got is the question that we don't have an answer to. There's an NDA for sure, right? A hundred percent. There's an NDA. And we should also point out part of what the lawyer said was he vehemently denies all of her allegations. I think people hear, oh, he paid her off and they think, oh, well, clearly she was telling the truth then. He paid her off. In a lot of cases, it's easier to pay her off. In a lot of cases, it is. I mean, Cassie here, they haven't dated in years. Like, I'm going to guess at least 10 years. They haven't been together. At least 10. For six months, she's trying to shake the guy down for $30 million or she writes a tell-all book. That's what they, by the way, that's an accusation on their end. But yes, that's what they they said. Do you believe that's true? Like, hey, we're going to write this book or you can pay us $30 million. Possibly. It's possible. And if he has the proof of that, though, I mean, it doesn't matter now because it's not going to be in court because they're settling privately. So it doesn't even matter if it's true or not. Yeah. You know, it doesn't even matter at this point. I have no doubt Diddy is probably a piece of shit. Probably he is. I don't know the man, though. I've never once met the guy. I I only know what what everybody else sees. But I'm not going to convict the guy based purely on the fact that he had a settlement. Now, as far as what happened in their actual relationship, that's a real dangerous one when he's 37 and she's 19 and he is a major business and music icon and she wants to be a business and music icon. You're automatically in a position of power and... Yeah, I have no doubt that some some sinister shit went on here. Um, trafficking her? Okay, I mean, what some people may call trafficking her, this may have been what they, together, were into sexually. Maybe they were into group play and shit like that. I don't know what they were up to, and I wasn't in their bedroom. So, I mean, 
when the money comes out and when the threats are being issued and I want this or I'm going to say that, take it all with a grain of salt because, I mean, I, I think that there's probably truth on both sides here. And the truth is usually somewhere in the middle, not necessarily as she tells the story or as he tells the story. The truth is probably in the middle. Either way, good. They settled it like adults. I'm also curious, didn't they already settle it like adults? When they broke up, I have to assume that she got something. Whether it was to sign an NDA, whether he set her up with an apartment or something. This is usually how these things go down. Hey, listen, I want you to be happy because the last thing I want you to do is start talking about our relationship. Did the money run out? Did she never get anything in the first place? I'm thinking there was an NDA when they stopped dating or while they were dating. And this is just a re-upping it. Yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, that's the thing. And we, we really don't know. We can just judge based on what we're hearing, I suppose, or not judge at all and just let it go. Uh, but yeah, I mean, she's moved, obviously moved on and she's got two kids. She's married and all that other stuff. And in this statement that was given on Friday after the settlement, he just said, I wish you and your family well. And that was that. So I guess that will be that, but who knows, right? But you're right. There's an NDA. I, I, I believe so too. So we're never going to hear the story from her side if it's a thing. You know, it is pretty amazing to me, though. And and we saw this even a little bit with Ed Sheeran when he was getting sued by people for copying their music and stuff. There was no real claim. I mean, the accusation that Ed Sheeran stole some knockoff artist from nowhere's song was ridiculous. We all know what a great singer and songwriter Ed Sheeran is. There's probably video of him writing the songs that he's accused of stealing. So that sort of stuff. He fought for it too, though. He fought in court. He said, fuck this. I'm standing trial and I'll never make a pop song again if I lose this. Absolutely. And and good you for know, him. It's real easy to go after people with money because maybe you do get lucky and you find someone like Diddy here who's like, you know what? It'll be a lot cheaper to just give her $5 million to fuck off than pay my lawyers $10 million to defend me. And who knows what's going to happen in yeah, court. Yeah. So a lot of times people do that. I actually think that there should be a law for that kind of protection. A shakedown's a shakedown. Extortion's extortion. And if that's what happened here, I don't think it's right. Yeah. And then we, how many times have we heard about this in Hollywood? I mean, that just happened with with Will Smith's former friend, right? We just talked about that. Yeah, he was trying to shake Will Smith down for money. So much, It happens a lot, and I think that's what they say when they say more money, more problems, But <laughs> is that you get shaken down, or there's, or there's an attempt to, at least. But how do you ever know who's telling the truth? Like, yeah. when you hear so many stories of people going after people that they know have money and would be an easy target, and they're paying it off just because it's cheaper than going through actual court... Doesn't it kind of take away all of the legitimacy of all of the accusations? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't even yeah. know if Cassie's yeah. the first one to file a claim like this against Diddy. There may have been others, you know? Like, it just seems like there's too many shakedowns going on. Yeah. It bugs me. Hollywood sketchy, everybody. This is what we've learned. Breaking news. This Hollywood is, is sketchy. That's it. That's exactly right. Okay, we got to go. We will leave you with the replay of today's Missed Connections. We have new After Nines coming out all this week. Have a good one, everybody. Bye-bye. Oh. Right into the piano. No no introduction <laughs> You today. know, sometimes no it just needs no introduction. You just know what it is. <laughs> you just know. Hey, oh, oh, I know that noise. When Scott starts at the piano, you know what time it is. Do you want to do it right? Okay, okay sure. Fine. Here, here, here. We'll do that it was right. Like the, that was like the introduction? It was the like... prelude? It was like the prelude. It was a prelude. <laughs> it was, yes. If there was an album, this would be the opening okay, part. Here fine. we go. Missed Connections. Missed Connections. On the Scott and Cat Show. Now move the piano back over and yeah, there we are. Great. 
Okay. It's amazing, by the way, that you can just like move the piano so like at, with ease. Effortlessly. You're, it, unbelievably. You're like the Hulk over there. Ah, it's amazing. It's incredible. And I just can't hear you say that enough. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Hello, everyone. We're Scott and Kat, and welcome to Missed Connections. This is a segment we bring you on the show where we try and help out people just to be nice. People who have had an encounter with someone else in the past, they can't find that person, so they went looking for them online. Okay. Uh, wow. I'm going to start with this one. The alien avoider. I was running from an alien, and I jumped into... <laughs> stay with <laughs> you me, You said guys. that so guys, casually. Stay with me, everybody. I'm going to start from the top. I was running from an alien, and I jumped into an alleyway dumpster to hide. You were there napping, and I woke you up. We shared something out of your flask and laughed and laughed and talked about comets and grilled cheese. I had to poop, so I went to the gas station down the road. And when I came back, you were gone. Oh, no. I just wanted to make sure the alien didn't track my scent and find you instead. I hope not. And I hope you're well. Wait, the person was gone or the dumpster was gone? (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't specify. And with the beginning of this story, anything's possible, Scott. You know what I love about this story is that this person is just glancing right over the obvious part. What do you mean aliens were chasing you? Just right into the story like it's a normal thing that aliens chase people. Wondering, did they pick up on my scent? Even though I was in the garbage and I pooped at the gas station down the road. <laughs> I just picture them. Okay, so first of all, he found there was someone in the dumpster. What are the odds of that? Napping at the time. Okay. Or maybe he imagined all of it. Is it possible maybe there they imagined nobody it? there. But so let's say it's true. And then they drink from a flask. They don't know what they're drinking. Laughing, talking about comets and grilled cheese. And suddenly, what does he just get up and go, oh, I got to poo. <laughs> and just leaves. My friend, I think you had what's called a dream. <laughs> I think you were dreaming about aliens chasing you and using the, I don't know, the the Ultramar gas station bathroom. (laughs) Quick, give me the key. Give me the key. Throw me the ruler or the hacksaw, whatever it's attached to. I'm going to imaginary poop my pants. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. So don't know if this person is a real person or not from the dumpster but if you were in a dumpster and shared a flask and had a great chat about grilled cheese with someone who was being chased by aliens that person is looking for you we don't know if you have access to a radio or streaming but that person's looking for you i don't know what kind of amenities a dumpster comes with <laughs> i'm not sure either. hey i've ne- i'm not gonna judge i've never seen one maybe they can pimp that up real good you know it, you're absolutely right maybe they can make that workable is you know? there wi-fi is there like a google smart speaker or something to listen maybe exhibit does host a show like pimp my dumpster like <laughs> i don't know i've never seen it i don't know <laughs> we put a we, we put a fish tank in it bam Put and, rims on it. Wait, what? There's not even tires. And there's still somebody out there who would rent it for $2,100 a month. <laughs> or or an Airbnb by the week. It depends. Uh, this next one is called Beauty in the Eye of the Beholder. You look so discouraged wandering through the park in your corset and hoop skirt. You were clearly trying to find something important with that metal detector and the bloodhound. You looked up just for a second and our eyes met. I was the one in the fedora and red scarf eating a scone. You looked like you were about to speak, but then your bloodhound took off on the scent of something and you ran after him, 
kicking up dust in your high-heeled boots. As you ran off, I saw you drop what looked like a marble. Upon closer examination, I found myself holding a glass eye. Oh, no. The iris is a lovely shade of violet. You seem to have both your original eyes, so I hope you're okay with it, this one. <laughs> because I kept it. Well, you had both your eyes anyway, so I took the third one. I don't plan on returning it. I just thought I'd let you know what happened, in case you're wondering. That's not what she was looking for with the metal detector and the bloodhound? No, it fell out of her somewhere. Why were <laughs> I don't they... know where she was keeping it. Why were they dressed <laughs> like this? Why Why was she in a corset, a hoop skirt or whatever? She was heading back to her dumpster oh. to share a flask and talk about comets and grilled cheese. Seriously, I thought you were going to tell me this was like a period piece from like the 1800s. No, Misconnections that's... when they were written down instead of posted on I don't know. Craigslist. <laughs> Have you been to parks lately? No, I believe actually. All, I believe all of this. I believe every freaking word. All of it is fact. Factual. I believe it. If you haven't been to a park recently, this is the sort of stuff going on right <laughs> I'm now. I'm telling you. People are dropping glass eyes I'm and they're using you. metal detectors to try and find it, even though there's no metal in a glass eye. All kinds of stuff like that is going on. And the most astounding part is there's someone interested. <sighs> every time. Beautiful. Apple just announced that they're going to make it easier to text between iPhones and Androids. Wow. Yeah, now everyone can be in a group chat together, or as people with Androids put it, wait, you guys have been texting in groups this whole time? <laughs> the dating app Bumble says that next year they expect to see a surge in relationships where one person dates someone considerably older because those student loans ain't going to pay for themselves. <laughs> A British woman who was arrested for keying several parked cars blamed her actions on, quote, feeling menopausal. <laughs> Incidentally, feeling menopausal was also the working title of, and just like that. 